Hello, Heartlifters. Welcome to an Advent of Glimmers, our beautiful heartlifting journey in the Christmas season. We've been talking all about glimmers, those micro moments of joy that take our breath away, that bring us peace and add a whole lot of calm and ease into our hearts. Today, I want to add a new word to our vocabulary, glimmering. It's the noun. We know that glimmer, the verb, means to shine faintly or unsteadily, to give off a subdued, unsteady reflection, or third, to appear indistinctly with a faint, luminous quality, a hint, a spark, an inkling. I just love this third definition so much, you could probably tell by the sound of my voice, that it is my deepest desire and hope for this season is that we radiate like a faint luminous spark and glimmer and hope to everyone that we cross in our spheres of influence, that we add to the conversations, that we bring light to the lines that we're standing in while we're waiting to pay for something or in the grocery store, or at the deli, and that we cross any and every threshold that we come across with a joyous, peace-filled, ease, calm, wise, discerning, maybe even assertive at times, presence into those places. That's what we're all about here. I want to become this instinctly faint luminous quality. We are in a culture obsessed with the spotlight, obsessed with productivity, obsessed. (laughs) I can't really emphasize that word enough. With enough, not being enough, more is always better. But here in this community, we know better. And when we know better, we do better. I want to share from an article that I read this year that has sincerely had a power-packed impact on my life. I have shared it with anyone and everyone, and I've given it to you in show notes before, but I'm going to put it there again because I just can't urge you enough to read this beautiful essay, this article by Jim Wilder. This article originally appeared in Conversations Journal, one of my favorite reads, a forum for authentic transformation, Fall Winter 2014, Issue 12-2, and the issue's theme was Flourishing, one of our favorite topics. Jim writes, the brain is more deeply changed by whom it loves, who brings me joy, than by what it thinks. I'm going to repeat that. The brain is more deeply changed by whom it loves, who brings me joy, than by what it thinks. He begins, joy levels are like the temperature of an oven. We can choose our ingredients carefully, but the oven temperature will determine what our careful preparations will yield. Consider the effect of angry or joyful parents on family prayer and Bible reading. As joy increases, 
so does the chance that transformation will go in a positive direction. Joy levels have a huge effect on whether our efforts will be productive and lasting. Joy building is not usually considered a spiritual practice. And joy is rarely considered a key factor in character transformation, even though Jesus gave joy as the reason for his teaching in John 15, 11, and the central feature of his prayer for disciples in John 17, 13. Yet, from a brain perspective, joy stimulates the growth of the brain systems involved in character formation identity consolidation, and moral behavior. Based on brain characteristics, character change is best developed and maintained in joyful relationships. We have talked about this before, but I just need to bear it and bring it to you again because as we're moving into this glimmering season of our Advent journey, we have to revisit joy building. We might not even mean the same thing when we speak of joy. Many definitions of joy are static descriptions of a state, air quotes, similar to what we might say for a flavor, like salty, air quotes. From the human brain perspective, joy is more of a dynamic relational experience. Joy is a glad to be together, glad to be in one room, state amplified between two minds that are glad to be together at that moment. Joy is relational. High joy is found in smiles, play, and love. Low joy is found in depression, aggression, and shame. Joy, like any powerful internal drive, can be combined with other experiences to provide many flavors. But the significance of joy is that we are sharing the moment with someone who is glad we are there. Joy makes eyes sparkle and bonds form. Oh my goodness. I am in Belgium as this airs. And I can tell you, I am certain, certain that I have received glimmering all around me from my sweet Elena Rose and, of course, my daughter and her husband. And I am sure that my eyes are sparkling and bonds are being formed. Jim Wilder writes this, It is rare, wow, to see Christians building joy intentionally. That's today's takeaway. This is our lean-in moment because Heartlifters... I've turned a corner. Something has happened in my own personal heartlifting journey, in my practice with clients. Yes, we focus a lot on our past and on our history because we want to make sense of it. We want to make meaning of it in order to make peace with it. We have to go through that part of the heartlifting method, right? We have to in order to move forward and to joy build and to have a future in which we are flourishing and experiencing that eudaimonia I write about in Stronger Every Day. But one thing that I've learned this past year, specifically the past six months, is I am determined, 
I am re-strategizing, I am reframing, I am rewriting my way that I'm working with my clients. And I am going to be highly intentional about joy building. We will definitely move through childhood traumas and consolidate triggers and continue doing the kind of work necessary to clear the amygdalas uh, of all of our stored trauma or negative emotions or obstacles in order to put them in the hippocampus where they can just go in that filing cabinet under a file that says my childhood and when we bring that file out or someone talks about our childhood we're not triggered anymore we've consolidated the negative emotions we have consolidated the trauma And we can just say that was part of my history. I would never want to repeat it. It was very difficult. It was dark. It was the dark valley of the shadow of death. But it made me who I am. And I know whose I am. And I am committed now to living and giving and growing in Christ. So it's rare, Jim Wilder writes, to see Christians building joy intentionally. But that's what we're doing here in our glimmers of grace, our Advent season of glimmering. Here we are. While low joy can be due to a lack of building joy, more often it is the result of an inability to retain joy. You know, I just have to repeat this. I'm going to read this for the third time, this sentence. It is rare to see Christians building joy intentionally. Maybe take a pause here. Let's just take a breath. And let's just breathe in this intention. This week, I am intentional about building joy in my daily life. This week, I am intentional, highly strategic about building joy in my daily life. Every minute of today, I think about joy, I hunt for glimmers, and I spread glimmering wherever I go. Oh, I don't, I don't ignore my pain. I don't ignore something that's difficult. But I make a decision. I make a decision to choose joy. Wilder continues, The joy that we build in the natural course of life is very prone to dissipate, you see, because more often than not, joy building is our inability to retain joy. Boy, this is where I am living. I have had an inability, an incapacity to retain joy, to move through my life now just from a posture of joy. And that's where we are today. The joy that we build in the natural course of life is very prone to dissipate, much as heat leaves an uninsulated house with open windows and doors. It is easy to fall in love, but much harder to retain that joy and avoid divorce. It is simple to attract people to church and much harder to keep them there. What concerns us here is that the relational skills needed to prevent the loss of joy are much harder to learn than the relatively simple practices needed 
to build joy. Okay, I'm going to continue. Since joy is relational, the longer a disruption in our relationships last, the lower our joy becomes. That's why 1 Corinthians 13, and these are my words, not Jim Wilder's, tells us that love keeps a short account. Love does not keep a record of rights and wrongs. Wow, just try to live that for one day, one hour. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. So as we're working and listening and walking our way through 1 John 4, starting with verse 7, where we are just immersing ourselves in understanding the lavish love of God towards us, that God's love has no fear in it. God's love is not a punishing love. It is a correcting love. It is a disciplinarian love. It is an authoritative love but it's not authoritarian. So it's very important for those distinctions to be made. So Jim Wilder continues, spending more than a few seconds in very cold water can be deadly, but it does not matter how cold the water is if you do not stay in very long. The secret to staying warm is to reduce the heat loss and exposure. Swimming skills help us get out quickly. Although at first, swimming skills seem unrelated to heat loss. To retain joy, we need the skills to return to joy quickly. Okay, so how how do we do that? That's what we're going to focus on in our beautiful Advent glimmering today. The skills that prevent joy loss return us to joy rapidly from anything that distresses relationships. Well, Lean in here because we are in a season probably where many of our relationships are going to get distressed because of stress, anxiety, pressure, overwhelm. This is normal in our day-to-day life, but during a season like Christmas, it can become like a pressure cooker. And so we have to strategize. We have to be communal. We need each other. So yes, please meet me over on Substack at Heartlift Central so we can keep this conversation going. We must practice keeping our minds in a relational mode where the relationship is always more important than the problem. The relationship is always more important than the problem. I can't tell you how that one sentence has helped me reframe my marriage, my relationships with my adult children, my friends, my peers. I will sit sit in a relationship if I'm having conflict and in my mind I'm going, Janelle, remember, the relationship here is more important than the problem. The relationship here is more important than being right The relationship here is more important than my political views. The relationship here is more important than my religious views. You just add your your feelings in there. But I have done this over and over just in the last week. We must be trained to keep love in first place. While we are in pain, upset, and facing problems, particularly problems caused by the people in our lives. 
a baby will simply scream with no thought for the relationship with others every time there's a problem. I'm getting ready to move into this. Yes, with my sweet little granddaughter being born very soon. While no one blames the baby for this type of reaction, of course not. No one wants that child to grow up with no other skills for problem solving or relationship awareness than screaming. Hello? <laughs> Go back and visit anatomy of yelling and anatomy of repressing. We must learn to return to joy quickly. Blessedly, the same relational brain circuits that generate joy can help us learn to return to joy if we have models. Without models who can maintain joyful relationships in the face of problems, we find that joy dissipates and becomes useless for character formation. And here is our work, our prompt, our goal for this week's adventures. I'm going to call it adventures and glimmering. I like that better. That just came to me. Joy is our best measure of the capacity to sustain positive change. So Jim Wilder is telling us that the greatest way to learn to return to joy is by having someone model that in your life. Have you had someone model that incredible capacity to you? If you have, oh my goodness, thank them. Tell them, show them your gratitude that they have modeled for you how to move through really deep, dark spaces of depression and anxiety and sadness, bitterness, grief. Thank them. And in return, perhaps they have filled your cup to overflow or just to enough, just to enough, that you can now extend and model that for someone else. So our goal this week is to be joy builders. Go out, glimmer, 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 and dust the people along life's path with a glimmering light, a faint, beautiful, luminous light. I'm going to close each of our Adventures in Glimmering Advent thoughts with Alexio Divina, a divine reading. And I invite you to place yourself in this passage of Scripture. Activate your five senses. See if you can smell the smells, feel the feels, hear the sounds, see, see the sight. And ask yourself, where am I in this passage? Today I read from John 8, verse 12 onward. Jesus is the light of the world. Once more, Jesus addressed the crowd. He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. And in 1 John 1, verses 5 through 7. This is the message of God's promised revelation, which we have heard from him and now announce to you that God is light. He is holy. His message is truthful. He is perfect in righteousness. And in him, there is no darkness at all, no sin, no wickedness, no imperfection. 
If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we really walk in the light, that is, live each and every day in conformity with the precepts of God, as he himself is in the light, we have true, unbroken fellowship with one another, he with us and we with him. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin by erasing the stain of sin, keeping us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. This is the Word of God. May His light and His glimmering grace shower upon you each and every day this week. This episode is brought to you by Heartlift International, a 501c3 dedicated to making home and family the safest, most secure place to be, and in part with Beauty Counter. I'm so happy to be a brand advocate for this cosmetic line that offers us clean cosmetics. You have to check out their Never list and see all the ingredients that they do not add to their products so that we can have healthy, healthy bodies. And boy, that's a big part of what we do here. To get your 20% off your first order, just go to beautycounter.com slash en dash us slash Janelle Rarden and put in code clean for all 20. And you can begin your beautiful healthy cosmetic regime. So excited to bring that to you. That's all we have for today. I can't wait to hear about your Advent glimmers. Meet me over on at Instagram.com or our brand new home on Substack.com at Heartlift Central. Until next time.